Well, hey there, Preacher. Thanks for joining me for what is really the first official episode of the Powerhouse Preacher podcast. I'm your host, Peter Suse. Today's episode will be more of a practical one, and I thought it would be a good place for us to start as we discuss how to know if you're called to preach. I wrote a blog on my website um, a little over a year ago with the same title as this episode. And it's actually been one of the most viewed blogs on my website and climbing in its rank on Google. So to my surprise, there's actually a lot of people out there in the world who are trying to discern and discover if they have a calling upon their life to preach God's word. So we're going to dive into that today. And uh, my hope and prayer is that today's episode helps you in your journey to discovering if you have a calling upon your life to preach God's word. Uh, for those of you out there who have already confirmed your calling to preach and are listening, my hope is that today's episode would be an encouragement to you and maybe even like a reconfirmation or a, a reigniting um, of the calling that is upon your life and even maybe just be a great reminder as we go over some of the noticeable signs of someone being called to ministry uh, that when you experience some of the things that we'll go over it's a great reminder to you that you are called but there's something i want everyone to remember before we dive in today uh, and this is for the newcomer preacher who's wondering if if maybe they're called to ministry and it's for the veteran preacher as well and it's this if you have the calling you will have the gifting but just because you have the gifting doesn't mean you don't need developing. So what do I mean by that? If God has called you to preaching and given you a gift, you still have a responsibility to steward it and steward it well. That is the purpose and focus of all the episodes of the Powerhouse Preacher podcast from here on out, stewarding your gift and developing your gift. If you're called to preaching at the end of this episode, if you realize like, hey, I have a calling on my life to preach God's word. Okay, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to just be like, okay, God's called me and gifted me. Now the rest is history. No, you still have a big part to play in the calling and gifting. And there's a big way that you can partner with God to serve his kingdom with the calling and gifting that he has entrusted you with. So let's go ahead and dive into today's episode, how to know if you're called to preach. Here we go. All right, so maybe you have recently developed a desire or felt an urge to preach. Maybe this happened like as you watched your preacher or you watched somebody else preach. Maybe it happened while you were reading your Bible and, and had a revelation of something new and felt this need to share it with someone. Maybe it happened uh, while you were at church and you suddenly felt compelled to get involved into vocational ministry. And now maybe you're asking yourself the question, how do I know if I'm called to preach? Well, the first thing that we need to figure out now is whether or not God has actually called you to preach. Yes, you heard me right. Whether or not God has actually called you to preach, because here's what I want you to hear is this, just because God has called you into ministry, okay, just because God has called you into ministry does not mean that God has called you to preach. Think about that for a moment. I'm going to say it one more time. Just because God has called you into ministry does not mean that God has called you to preach. Think about it for a minute. There is so much more to ministry than just preaching. There's a ton of ways that you can serve the body of Christ and the local church other than preaching, and that's a good thing. The church would, would seriously be a disaster if, if we had preachers filling every single role, and the same is true if we had those who aren't called to preach on stage delivering God's word every week. Could you imagine if if the person who's like um, the, the executive or the operations person at the church or the finance person, if they were up on stage delivering God's word every week, things would be a nightmare. They would be a disaster. And in the same 
same way, I mean, if your pastor who's on stage preaching every week was doing the operations or the finance department stuff, uh, your church would probably be in shambles, okay? Right person, right job. So it's important to discern and and figure out uh, if what you're feeling is a call from God specifically to preach or if he is calling you into another area of ministry with the gifts that he's given you. And they're all necessary and they're all important. That's something I want to preface right now is that the gift of preaching is not any more significant or important than any other gift that you can receive from God. And so if you, if you don't have the gift of preaching or you figure out at the end of this podcast today that, hey, maybe I'm not actually called to preach, but I am called to ministry, I am not by any means minimizing your calling or minimizing the gift that God has given you, okay? They're all necessary and they're all important. So uh, there's a lot of people that that I know who felt called or, or felt like God was urging them into to ministry through the preaching of another person, but they quickly found out that God was using his word and the preaching of someone else to direct them into ministry, but not specifically into a preaching role. And a lot of those people found uh, other unique roles in the church to use their gifts that God had given them to reach people in ways that can't always be done from stage or from the pulpit. The Apostle Paul, he writes about uh, the gifts that God gives us to serve the body of Christ or to serve the church. In Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8, uh, we're going to take a look at what it says here in a second. I'm going to read it for you, and don't worry, I'm not going to take us to church on the podcast. I'll keep it quick, and I'll keep it simple. But it says this in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. I think I got this from the NLT version. It says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, here it is, God has given us different gifts. Okay, he's talking about the gifts that God gives you. He says, for doing certain things well. So he says, everyone has a gift, a gift where they can do something exceptionally well. It says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. And if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So if you take a moment and you examine those spiritual gifts that that Paul listed in that verse, Romans 12 chapter or uh, Romans chapter 12 verses 4 through 8, and you take a look at those, see if you can determine which of those gifts that maybe God has given you. You might have one of them, you might have three of them, you might have four of them, okay? If you feel like teaching slash preaching is still in the running out of those gifts, the ones he listed, there is literally, uh, what were they? It was the gifts of prophecy, there is the gift of serving others, there is the gift of teaching or preaching, there is the gift of encouragement, there is the gift of giving, there is the gift of leadership ability, okay? And there's a gift for showing kindness, okay? If amongst all of those things, you feel like teaching is still one of the things that's in the running, then you're probably in a good place to keep listening to the rest of this podcast and seek out how to affirm if you're called to preach. If you hear those other gifts and you're like, those are a lot of those are me, but teaching and preaching is definitely maybe not in the running of those things, then I'm not really sure how much further along I can help you in this. But for everyone else who's still tracking with me, who's like, you know what? Okay, I hear those things. I hear the gifts that God gives people and teaching and preaching is is still just in the running. I want to hear more. If that's you today, I have five markers that you can use to help you determine if you are called to preach. Okay, five markers that you can use to help you determine if you are called to preach. I just want to put a disclaimer out here and, and, and preface this with this, though. 
that this list that we're about to go over, it is not an end-all be-all of absolutes for being called to preach, uh, but it gives you some examples of some of the more common ways that people discover and affirm their calling to preach with some biblical examples. So God's way of calling you to preach isn't limited exclusively to this list by any means. Uh, God has many unique ways of, of calling people into ministry to preach his words, and so I feel like a lot of the things on this list that I, I was able to look up and, and kind of go over, uh, a lot of them I've experienced in my own life. So if, if, if you're called to preach, you will probably undoubtedly experience at least a couple of these, but don't take this as this end-all be-all list. I mean, there's people who've literally heard the audible voice of God telling them that they are called to preach. You know what I'm saying? So there are five markers you can use to help determine if you are called to preach. The first one is this, you will experience a consuming and overwhelming feeling to preach. Okay. Number one is you will experience a consuming and overwhelming feeling to preach. If you are called to preach, you will start to have an overwhelming desire to preach God's word. It's going to be something that you can't shake. It's going to be a feeling that you don't feel like you can escape. And it will be something that will begin to burden you to no end. You're going to start to feel this pressure from within your soul to preach God's word. You're going to have this consuming and overwhelming desire to preach. Okay. We see this actually in the Bible with the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, he experienced this feeling in the Old Testament, and God had given him this message to share with the people of Israel at that time. And it's found in Jeremiah 20, chapter 20, verses 8 through 9. He says this, he says, whenever I speak, so he's literally talking about like when, when he preaches, when he gives messages to the people, whenever I speak, he says, I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. Jeremiah, if you've, if you've read the book of Jeremiah, he has these hard messages that he has to give to the people of Israel. He says, whenever I speak, he says, I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. He says, so the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day. So Jeremiah is like, man, I have the, the, the not unfortunateness, but he says, I have the hard job or the hard task, he says, of delivering God's word that isn't always friendly to people. It's a, it's a warning message of, of violence and destruction. And he says, it's brought me insult and reproach all day long. So Jeremiah is not preaching the easy message. He's preaching the hard message that a lot of people are angry about. And it says this in verse nine, he says, but if I say, I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, saying, if I won't preach anymore, he says, his word is in my heart like a fire and a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. So Jeremiah, he says that, in, in my heart, he said, this word is in there like a fire. He says, a fire shut up in my bones. He says, I'm getting tired. My body's getting wearied of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Jeremiah has this message to give to the people. That's not an easy message to deliver. And even though it's a message that's getting him insult and reproach all day long, he has this inner compulsion or this consuming and overwhelming feeling to still preach the word. Okay, He describes it burning like a fire in his heart. It's something that he can't hold in anymore. Uh, the Apostle Paul experiences something similar um, about the calling on his life to preach found in 1 Corinthians 9, chapter 16. He says this, he says, yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. So Paul and Jeremiah are saying that even if they tried to run from this calling, even if they tried not to preach anymore, they say that the, the urge, okay, the desire, the compulsion to preach is way too strong to not keep 
preaching. Okay. So I feel like these examples are, are, are something similar that, that you'll feel today that if you're a preacher, okay, the message that God has given us to preach, it's, it's not something that we can contain in ourselves. It's not something we can run from. It's not something that we can push aside. It's something that we have to speak and that we have to deliver to others. Okay. Uh, maybe if you've, if you've been a preacher for a while, or you've done ministry for a number of years, maybe you've tried to walk away from the calling of ministry. And, and I would place a safe bet that every time that you've sat down again in a seat in church, and heard somebody else preach, you've begun to have something just awaken in your spirit, awaken in your soul that literally compels you to preach, that compels you to share the saving news of Jesus Christ, to share the gospel message, right? Okay, another thing uh, that you have as a, a part of an experience, a consuming and overwhelming feeling to preach, I feel like you begin to have a, a new awareness of preaching as a whole. When you see and hear others preaching, um, it, it awakens this drive in you, this feeling within you uh, that there is no other choice but to pursue preaching, okay? This is something that I feel every time that I sit in a church or I, I hear a sermon podcast. I feel this compulsion to preach. It, it stirs something in my soul. It brings something to life in me that resonates with me on a level where I just want to preach that word in my own way right then and right there. Not because I think I'm, I'm better than the person who I'm hearing preach, but because my soul is burdened for the need to have others hear the word that is being spoken from God or the words that are coming from scripture in that time. My, my soul resonates with it. It's like, man, this is so important. People need to hear this. And so I get this hyper awareness of, of preaching when it's happening and it, it connects with my soul because I know it's my gifting. So, all right. Number two, you will receive affirmation from God, other believers, and the church. Number two is, is a mark of someone called to preach is you will receive affirmation from God, other believers, and the church. Let's talk about the first one really quick, receiving affirmation from God. First and foremost, if you are called to preach, pray and ask God to confirm it for you by opening doors to preach or showing you in some way or another if you are really called to preach. Okay, If God has called you to preach, you don't have to manufacture a platform. You don't have to manipulate the, the scenario or the situation. God will provide you with opportunities. Okay, Now, there's a level where it's going require some action on your part uh, to some extent where you get to partner with God as he reveals opportunity. But if it's meant to be, God will make room for your gift if you diligently pursue the calling in faith. But you definitely don't need to manipulate things. Now, sometimes the doors that God decides to, to, to open for those opportunities, it might not be your first choice. It might not be the opportunity that that you're the most stoked about. Maybe you you want to preach to to you know high schoolers or young adults or adults and you feel like you have this calling on your life for ministry and you've prayed to God to reveal it to you. And all of a sudden the next day, like your, your kid's pastor at church comes to you and he's like, Hey man, we, we could really use a hand, uh, uh, you know, preaching to the, the kindergarten through third graders or the preteeners at our church. And you're like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't want to do that. Uh, that's an opportunity that God's opening for you. It might not be your first pick. It may not be, you know, the, the, the place where you most desire to be, but it'd probably be a great place for you to start. And so if, if people come to you with an opportunity, it's probably God bringing an opportunity your way. So don't be quick to shut it down, but go there and serve faithfully and serve humbly and wait for God to continue opening the next door. So you will definitely receive affirmation from God. The second one is this, it's affirmation from other believers. Okay. If God has given you the gift of preaching, it should be apparent to other believers when they see you preach. Okay. And if they see the gift in you, they'll begin to verbalize that to you. Uh, even though maybe a lot of your preaching skills won't be like, like preaching skills and disciplines 
will be very far from being, you know, developed at the time when you're just getting started out, but they should be able to easily see the potential. Other believers who who have the gift of teaching, like they'll be able to see that in you and they'll kind of know that. And, and obviously with time, diligence and training, uh, you're going to end up getting better and you'll grow into the gifting more and more. But a lot of times, if you have the gift of preaching, when you get on stage and you start preaching, even if it's in the kids ministry, if it's in the youth ministry at your church, if you get an opportunity to preach, there should be people like seasoned believers and and pastors and other people who can look at you and be like, hey man, like that wasn't the greatest message on earth, but I can definitely tell that God's given you the gift of preaching. And so I know for myself that when I started getting opportunities to to preach in the church, when I was an intern, uh, and even in, in my first vocational role in ministry that I had, there was a lot of times where I'd, I'd preach and I'd get off stage and there would be, you know, a lot of older, wiser Christians there in the room who would sit there and they'd be like, dude, like, like, that was, you know, cool. Like what you said really spoke to me, man. Like God has really given you a gift for this. Like you really have a way with connecting with people as you teach God's word. And so there was an affirmation there from, from other believers. And so definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, the next one is affirmation from the church. So another sign you might be called to preach is through a confirmation of church leaders, pastors, preachers, elders in your church, maybe the executive team at your church, some people who have the gift of teaching, they should be able to see the gift in you. And so seek out their counsel, seek out their wisdom, maybe begin some conversations with them and, and see where it leads you. And so a side note I want to throw to that is, is this, is that preaching is not a calling that should be taken lightly. And, and with it comes the call to live a life above reproach. And so if you're preaching to people, they're going to see you as a leader. They're going to see you as a leader in the church, and they're going to look closely at your life and the way that you live your life. So the way you live your life should line up with the qualifications of a, of a leader, of an elder or a teacher, uh, you can find those in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and you can find them also in Titus uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. It's the qualifications for being a leader and for being an elder. So if God is calling you to ministry, those are some things that I would look at really carefully, and I would try to model your life after that and, and really just get your life in order and live it in a way. Ask God to help you to live it in a way that that really is up to par with those qualifications for, for being in ministry. If God is calling you to preach, then he's calling you into ministry ministry. Uh, really quick, wanted to talk about just kind of my own experience with receiving uh, affirmation from the church, from elders and leaders. Um, there was a, what's it called? It, it was interesting. I was, I was a little ways into uh, vocational ministry at the time. And like I said, I'd had some believers in, in the church, other people, you know, who, who looked at me and were like, man, like you have a gift of, of preaching on your life, but it wasn't actually something that I had heard from like the leadership at, at our church yet. And uh, I had this opportunity to preach at a staff meeting um, in front of all the staff at our church. And it was, it was terrifying, man. I preached this message on, on Esther and uh, it was weird. I went up there. It was supposed to be just be like a, a 15 minute, you know, Devo, but you have all these weird thoughts running through your head. Like, you know, like, oh my gosh, like some of these people have been doing ministry for, you know, 20 years, 30 years. Like, what can I say to them? Some of them have double doctorate, you know, degrees, PhDs and in theology and stuff. Like, what are they going to learn from me? And I remember I went up there and it was this, you know, what I felt like simple message on, on Esther. I, I put my heart and soul into it, but it was, it was pretty basic, you know, at the end of the day. But uh, after I got done preaching, it was, it was crazy. There was was a, a large number of the executive staff from our church who who came up to me and just were like, dude, you you have the gift. Like we see it. We see it on your life. You know, and it was weird because it was it was a couple years almost into ministry, but that was that moment for me where like really fully solidified, like, man, you are called by this. Like people in in the leadership team at your church see it. They've affirmed it. They've called it for you. So uh yeah, I mean you're I say that to to say this, that that 
you know, getting an affirmation from from believers or from the church, you know what I'm saying, uh, of the confirmation on your life to preach, it might not happen right away. If you if you start telling people at your church, like, man, I feel like God's calling me into ministry, he's calling me to preach, and two weeks later, like, you know, some believers or the elders from your church, you know, or the executive team or your pastor hasn't been like, man, I totally can see the calling on your life. Be patient. Okay. Trust God. Keep going through a handful of opportunities. And I, I feel like that will probably really present itself to you. Number three is this. You will experience an unquenchable thirst for God's word. If you are called to preach, you will feel like you just can't get enough of God's word. Uh, when you read God's word, a lot of the time you're going to feel like it's probably one of the most mind-blowing things that you have ever read. The more you read, the more you're going to want to read and study. And in turn, you're going to feel this desire to share what you are learning as you read. Uh, this is something that I experience in my Bible time. Uh, most days in the morning, I usually try to read like a, a full chapter of the Old Testament. And then I try to read a chapter of the New Testament in my quiet study time um, in the morning. And there's a lot of times where like, I'll get done reading and it's it's always weird. Sometimes it's the Old Testament, sometimes it's the New Testament. I feel like as I'm reading it, it's like the greatest passages of scripture that I've ever read before. And it's like the same thing, you know, every day. Like the next day you'll feel the same way about the next passage of scripture as you're reading it. And I'll look down sometimes and it's like 30 minutes to 45 minutes have have gone by of just reading and spending time in my quiet time and it's like you have this feeling, you know, that you could probably read the Bible for another hour, another 30 minutes, another 40 minutes because you're having so much time or you're having so much fun just literally like reading God's word. And now I don't say that to be like, oh, I'm so holy. I, I read the Bible for 30 to 40 minutes a day. Like, no, I don't say that at all in that. But I'm saying that like the urge and the desire to read God's word, it becomes unquenchable. Once you start getting some of it, you feel like you can just never get enough of it. But it's, it's definitely one of the marks of, of being someone who is called to preach. So, um, yeah, you can't expect another thing I want to add to that is that you, you can't expect to preach God's word if you don't have a genuine love and appreciation for God's word. Okay. Uh, veteran preachers or people who've been preaching for a while out there. If the only time that you're in God's word is when you're prepping for a message, I want to just, you know, urge you and caution you to change that principle in your life. If God's given you the responsibility of preaching his word to other people, preaching his word to, to, to the sheep in the congregation, take it seriously, like develop a routine, you know, where you can spend time with God, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the night, but it's something you have to do. I, I lived this for too long where the only time I would spend time in my Bible was when I was prepping to preach. You know, and then along the way, I developed this this thing where I was just like, man, someone convicted me. It was actually Manny Arango. He he convicted me at one point. Was like, dude, you got to be in God's word every single day. You got to love God's word. You got to have an unquenchable thirst for it. And I learned really quickly in just a very short time that I was like, I do have an unquenchable thirst for God's word. And now it's something that's that's such a habit for me. It's something that I feel like I can't miss. You know, not out of fear, not out of this like obligation, and not out of this guilt. But it's something that I literally just love. It's it's become my absolute. Favorite favorite book on earth. And so um, it's cool. It'll build your relationship with God. It'll build your life. You can't go wrong with doing it. And and yeah, don't be surprised if, if you find yourself enjoying your study time and your sermon preparation uh, just as much as you do getting to preach God's word. It wasn't always like that for me, but I feel like now I, I literally enjoy the, the time studying and, and the time and the preparation just as much as I do getting to go preach God's word on stage. Okay, next one is number four. 
it is you will experience a humbling feeling of unworthiness. Okay, number four mark of of knowing if you're called to preach is that you'll experience a humbling feeling of unworthiness. If you're called to the task of preaching, you are undoubtedly going to experience a humbling feeling of unworthiness. Okay, when you begin to grasp the magnitude of the role that God has called you to play in, in preaching the good news, and what do I mean by that? Uh, I mean that the goal of preaching is to see sinners saved, to lead people from death to life, to lead people from the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of heaven, to see life change and transformation take place. There's a lot at stake. Even if, if, if you know, at your church, maybe in the room that you're preaching in, maybe it's youth, maybe it's kids, you know what I'm saying? There's only 15 to 20 people in there. That's a lot of weight and pressure when you really begin to realize what at stake and, and what it is that God has called you to do, okay? And the role that he's called you to play in the process of everything. So obviously we don't do this saving, right? Only God does the saving, but we get the privilege of delivering his word and leading people to repentance and to declare Jesus is Lord. And I think a lot of times, like once that sets in at you, once you're about to go up on stage and and you start to realize that like there's people in this room today who haven't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Okay, there's people in this room today who who are struggling. There's people who are new in their in their faith, and and God's trusted me. He's called me to go up here and teach people His Word. Okay, so that they can see life transformation in their life, whether that's salvation or whether that's just the process of sanctification of people, you know, going further and deeper into their faith and looking more and more like Christ. It's a huge weight, and it is totally normal to feel this humbling feeling of unworthiness. Like, God, why did you call me to this task? Like, I'm not good enough for this task. And none of us are at the end of the day. Like, thank God for the blood of Jesus for forgiveness. Okay. Like, thank God for for the born again life, because he's the only thing that makes us really, truly qualified to do this because we're not qualified on our own to do this. And so I think there's a lot of times where you're going to have this feeling that you're not worthy to to preach. And I, I know there's people that that I've talked to who are like, you know, sometimes I feel like unworthy to preach and and I I wonder if I should just like stop. Like I feel like I'm not good enough. Like maybe I'm not gifted enough. You know what I'm saying? And and I feel like there's just too much at stake for me to preach. You know, like anything outside of like 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 sin in your life that would keep you from from being in a preaching type role. You know, just a feeling of unworthiness or, or a feeling of like I'm not good enough to do this. Like that's probably a good sign that God is calling you to do this. You know, oftentimes God doesn't call the the most capable and and you know gifted people. He ends up gifting people, and and God doesn't often call the qualify. Okay, He qualifies the called. You know, to the things that He calls them to do. God likes to do big things through broken people. He likes to do uh, great things through people who aren't very great. And so, if you end up finding yourself in that spot where you know you start to have this feeling of unworthiness as you're discerning this call on your life uh, to preach God's word, that's probably a good sign that you are called, okay, to preach God's word. So number one, or sorry, last one is this one. It's number five. And uh, it's that your heart and soul will be burdened for the lost, okay? If you're called to preach, your heart and soul will be burdened for people who aren't saved. You will experience a a heightened awareness of the lost around you as you go about your day. You're going to begin to develop this like loving concern uh, for the spiritual well-being of other people like never before, okay? Uh, There's me and my wife. Let me tell you a story. Me and my wife, we like to go to Disneyland in in California. It's it's one of our favorite places to to go on vacation. And I remember that we were going there one time. 
while we were on vacation, it was around the the holiday time. And, and we're literally at like the happiest place on earth. We're seeing thousands and thousands of people around us who, you know, they're, they're seeking happiness in their lives. They're spending a bunch of money to be there at Disneyland. And it was weird. We were, we were standing in line. Um, we were actually at Disney's California adventure and, and we were out there by like the Pixar pier. And there was just like thousands and thousands of people around us. And all of a sudden I had this moment that felt just super surreal. And it was like the Holy Spirit started to reveal to me just like the multitudes of lost people around me um, who, you know, weren't going to experience lasting peace or joy from the quote unquote magic that Disney offers, but that the only way they would experience, you know, lasting peace and joy in their lives and hope uh, it would be from a new life in, in Jesus. And it was crazy to me because it was like the rest of the day, I just kept experiencing this just like unshakable loving concern for the spiritual well-being and the eternity of of the people around me. And so um, it was weird. It was, it was a really interesting day. Like I just, I saw these people around me. I saw, you know, the, the different brands and, and clothing, you know, companies they were representing. And, you know, you, you start to get a good idea of who people are as you hear them talk while you're waiting in line to go on rides. And I, I started to just begin to, to realize like not darkness around me, but just like all these people who are living in darkness, who are lost, who don't yet know Jesus. And, and it became, you know, this thing where I just started to feel really, really burdened for these people. And so it's, it, that kind of opened my eyes that day. And like, from that point on, Anytime that I would go to preach, I started having just this this crazy burdened feeling for the people that were lost. It's like anytime you preach somewhere, you know that there's always somebody in that room, you know, who who hasn't declared Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who hasn't repented, who hasn't asked, you know, for the forgiveness of their sins. And so, um, you know, when you go into a room and you preach, you'll probably start to feel that burden of like, man, like there's a lot at stake here. There's someone in this room who's lost, who needs to know the good word of, of, of Jesus. And so simply put, like it's, it's, you're going to have this feeling, you know, this, this, this feeling for the lost and the burden. It's going to be like this, this Spider-Man, this spirit sense, you know what I'm saying? That it's going to start to tingle as you engage and interact with lost people, whether it's, it's, you know, at your job, if, if, you know, you, you still have a, a secular job and, and maybe you're at the interning stage or you're, as you try to figure out this calling on your life for ministry, but don't be surprised if, if God just starts to put this burden on your heart for people who don't yet know him. And as you talk to to these people and interact with them, you know, you're going to start to feel this like compulsion of just like love for them and and for who God created them to be and, and what their life could be like if they came to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So yeah, uh, well, here's where I want to land this podcast today. We made it through the five discerning markers uh, of, of someone who is called to preach. And uh, here's what I want to say to you is this, uh, is is maybe going through those five things today, like, you know, as I'm reading those things off, as I'm rattling through them, you're like, man, like I can definitely today, like just, you know, I, I've confirmed a calling on my life to preach, you know, or maybe if you're, you're a veteran preacher, we went through some of those things and it was just a good reminder and encouragement to you that you are called to preach because I know that there's those times when like ministry is not an easy calling. It's not for the faint of heart. Now there's a lot of days where like, you know, apart from what I talked about feeling like unworthy, like some days I'm just like, man, like, am I really called to this? Like, this is not easy, you know, and it, it's never easy. God never said that it would be easy, but I, I hope going through those five things today was just an encouragement to you that when you spend time in the word and you have this unquenchable thirst for, for God's word, like 
you're like, man, this I'm, I'm called, you know, you have this heightened awareness for, for preaching. You know what I'm saying? You have this thing where it's like, you read God's word and you feel like you have to share it with somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a sign that God's giving you that you're literally called to preach. You know, when you go hang out with people who are lost or you see people who are lost, your heart is just burdened for them and it breaks for them. It's a sign that you're called to preach. You know, when people come up to you after you're, you're done, you know, delivering God's word and they're like, man, I can just see the gifting upon your life. I can see the anointing that God has given you for preaching. It's a sign from God that you are called and gifted to do what he has called to do you to do, which is preaching. And so here's where I want to land this thing today is with this. I said this earlier, but if you have the calling, you'll have the gifting, but just because you have the gifting doesn't mean that you don't need developing. So what are you going to do moving forward to make sure that you are developing the gift that God has given you? And what are you going to do moving forward to make sure that you're stewarding it well? So here's where I want to get ultra practical outside of the the five things that we talked about, five ways to know that uh, you're called to preach. I want to land with just three things today uh, that I think you can start doing to, to start developing your gift of preaching and continue to keep stewarding it well. And the first one is this, is that I think it's a great idea for you to find a preaching coach and a mentor. One of the best things that you can do on your preaching journey is literally finding a, another preacher or a pastor to speak into your preaching, okay? Find someone who's a couple stages ahead of you, um, potentially just in, in their preaching journey and in their life, okay? And and talk to that person. Have them watch your sermons if, 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 you know, they're able to, or if you do ministry with them, if you intern in their ministry, have them watch when you preach and have them give you feedback, be open to their feedback. Okay. Um, you know, have them, having them give you honest feedback is going to be the biggest thing that's going to help you grow and develop. And a lot of times the feedback that they're going to give you, it might seem harsh. It might be kind of hard to hear at times, but I'm telling you that getting feedback from other people, you know, is, is going to be the number one thing that helps you grow in preaching the most. And so, um, you know, they're also going to be able to encourage you in things too. I mean, find someone who's not only going to point out the constructive things that that you need to work on and grow in in your preaching, but also find someone who can also celebrate the areas that you're winning at. You know, and when you have those things that that you're doing great that you're winning at, look at the things that you're not doing as well at, and and try to work on those and take every sermon as an opportunity to keep growing and developing the gift that God has given you. So. Finding a preaching mentor and coach, it, it's not always that easy. Uh, I think the best people who can who can do this for you is people who are either already at your church or someone who understands really the context of, of your church, of your state, of your city, of your local ministry, someone who's local to you, who really understands the people that you're ministering to. Those are some of the best people like within your local circle. Um they're the best people to be like a preaching coach or a mentor for you. But I do want to throw this out there. If you cannot find a preaching coach, if you've looked, if you've searched, if you've asked a bunch of people and they're just like, dude, I don't have time. Like I don't have time to come watch you or watch your sermons and give you feedback. It's just like not in my capacity right now. And you're like, man, I really, really, really want someone to be a preaching coach for me. Uh, I do offer one-on-one -on -one preaching coaching, uh, preaching coaching sessions over Zoom. You can find out more about them on my website at petersuse.com. I think the best thing for you would be to find someone in your local context who who understands the people in your city and your church and your ministry, like I said earlier. But if for some reason, like you cannot find anybody, it is something that I do offer. And so I just want to throw it out there. The second thing you can do to help develop your gifting and, and your preaching, if you feel called to preach is this, is to resource yourself. Like literally find any and all resources out there to help you grow in preaching. If you go onto Amazon and you literally just type in preaching books, there is a never ending ending amount of preaching books that are out there. A lot of them are really affordable. They're like 10 bucks, 12 bucks, 14 bucks. 
if you're able to read them on uh, Kindle, you can get them for like seven or eight dollars or you can buy them used. I would literally tell you like resource yourself and don't stop resourcing yourself. I can't tell you how many preachers that I've met who have never, ever, 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 ever read a book on preaching. They've never read a book on preaching, never read a book on exegesis, never read a book on that. And it, it blows my mind. I'm like, dude, there is a ton of resources out there. You'll read leadership books all day, but you've never read a book on preaching. So uh, do what you can to, to to resource yourself. There's there's blogs out there. There's books out there for preaching. I have a couple uh, blogs on my website at petersusay.com, Powerhouse Preacher blog on there. It's got a couple different things on it. There's some on there that you could use to, to resource yourself. There's also a couple of preaching courses out there. There's a couple ones right now that, that have some buzz around them. Um, I think Nathan Finocchio, uh, he's the founder of Theos U, uh, awesome theologian. He's great dude. Um, he's fun. A lot of people like him. He's, he's a little out there. Um, but he, I'm pretty sure he has like a program or a preaching course that's, that's out there. Uh, pastor Jabin Chavez at city light church in, in Las Vegas. Um, he has a preaching course too. I'm pretty sure that he just put out this year. And then, uh, if you're more in like the youth type of circles, like you're doing youth ministry, uh, pastor Tyshawn Roland, he's an evangelist out of Florida. He released a course not too long ago called how to preach to Gen Z. So if you're looking for a preaching course, there's a couple options for you there. Uh, go on the internet. There's a ton of blogs written by Legionnaire and, and other ministries. I have a couple myself on preaching, and there's also a ton of books out there as well on preaching. Third and final one is, is actually one that I believe to be super, super effective, and it's this. It's that you should listen to other preachers more, okay? Um, this is something else that, that man, it, it grinds my gears sometimes. Like, I can't tell you how many preachers I have talked to over the last handful of years where like if their service, you know, if they, if they lead uh, a youth ministry or a kid's ministry, I'll be like, yeah, man, like, like how many, how many sermons a week do you listen to? Or when do you like get fed? Like, when do you listen to sermons? You know, when do you get fed outside of your Bible time, you know, with the Lord? And they're like, oh, I don't, I don't listen to anyone else preach. Like my service or my programming happens during, you know, the, the, the main weekend service or whatever. And it's like, oh, so you never listen to anybody? Like, do you go back and listen to your pastor on the church's podcast or the YouTube or whatever? Oh, no, I just, I don't really have time. I don't get around to that. And I'll tell you this, it shows in their preaching. It shows in their preaching that they don't ever watch anybody else preach. And one of the most effective things that that I've found um, that is really just easy to do. You don't have to find a blog. You don't have to take the time to go through a course. You literally just have to put on some headphones or, or put it on in the background or whatever is listening to other preachers preach. And so I would tell you to find three to four preachers who are phenomenal in their craft. Find three to four preachers who you think are just like, man, like they, if you could arrive in the craft and gift of preaching, these guys have arrived. Find three to four of them and start listening to their sermons. Listen to them while you're driving. Listen to them while you're going for a walk. Listen to them while you're grocery shopping. Listen to them uh, while you're cleaning the house, while you're doing dishes, while you're prepping dinner, while you're doing laundry, like whatever it is. Like, like a lot of times I used to think I didn't have time to listen to other people's sermons. And then I found out that I just wasn't maximizing and prioritizing my time. And so you totally have time if you do it while you're doing other things, you start to multitask, but find three to four preachers. And what I would look for in these preachers is this, find a preacher who is from preachers who are from 
different states in different places. Okay. So if like for me, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. So if I found a preacher who lives in Washington uh, or Seattle, and I found another preacher who's from New York, and I found another preacher who's from Florida, it's going to give a little bit of diversity to what I'm hearing because those guys are, are in different states, different cultures, different places. They're going to be ministering to those people. If you can find somebody overseas, like from Australia or London or the UK, uh, you know, who, who preaches and they have a podcast out there from their church, like, dude, listen to that as well, because um, you'll learn something from it. And so another diverse thing that you can look for in these preachers is, is an age difference. Like if, if you do youth ministry, uh, definitely listen to like one or two youth ministers out there. Like there's a couple of guys who have videos on YouTube, you know, if they're, they're weekly preaching from their, their youth ministry. Um, but I would definitely listen to some adult preachers too, because you'll learn a lot, but find, find of these four preachers, maybe two of them who are young and two of them who are older. Also too, I, I want to throw this out there, like find preachers who are ethnically diverse or racially diverse as well. Like if you're uh, an African American preacher right now, and you're trying to figure out a calling on your life, find one or two white, you know, preachers who are out there that, that you can, you know, hear from and, and get some different perspectives and stuff from. And, and in the same way, like, man, if, if you're white, if you're Asian, if, if you're Indian, you know what I'm saying? And, and that find other preachers who, who have a different ethnic, racial or cultural background than you for preaching. One other thing that I want to throw out there too, is, is this, uh, don't be married to, to, to hearing preachers for the sake of learning, um, who are from the same denomination as you definitely listen to, to one or two who are like the same denomination as you, if you have a denomination, but also be willing to like, listen to a couple other preachers from a few different circles. I'm not saying that you have to agree with everything that they say or do theologically. You don't have to agree with, with all the practices of, of their church. And obviously I'm talking about here in, in, in a sense of like, you know, in the essentials, let's have unity in the non-essentials, liberty, and in all things charity. Like I'm not saying go listen to some crazy whack job preachers who like, can't, you know, keep up with the essentials, you know what I'm saying? But just because there's some denominations that have a few different, you know, things in the non-essentials, I don't think that it's it's bad to listen to some of those preachers that are out there. And I think you'd actually learn a lot about different church cultures and the way that people minister from the stage to other people. So find diversity in these three to four preachers and try like three times a week, man, three to four times a week. Try to keep up with some of these guys' sermons and start to look for in their preaching patterns, okay? Start to find patterns uh, in their preaching that you start to notice things that they do over and over again. And a lot of times what you'll, you'll notice will start to happen in your own life is you'll start finding just new methods and new techniques uh, to apply to your preaching. You start trying some of those things out and all of a sudden you'll notice yourself progressing. So yeah, that's the third and, and final one that I got for you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening today to the first official episode um, of the Powerhouse Preacher podcast. On the next episode, we actually have a very special guest, my friend, Pastor Daniel Goulding, uh, talking about the importance of self-development in preaching, which we touched on a little bit here at the end, but it is a goldmine episode. Make sure that you go and check it out. Uh, my hope and prayer is that this episode has been helpful for you. Uh, if you enjoyed it, uh, this episode today, I would love it if you took a moment to just click the follow button or the subscribe button on whatever platform that you're listening on. If you found it helpful and you know some other people trying to discern a calling for preaching on their life, take a moment and share it with them as well. Don't keep it to yourself. If you found this helpful, if you found it beneficial to you, share it with somebody, man, spread the wealth because, uh, 
there's never going to be enough pastors, preachers, and ministers in this world, man, as we wait for, for Jesus's return and, and to get as many people brought into God's kingdom before he comes back. So, hey, I hope this episode has been a blessing to you. I love you guys. Can't wait for our next episode with Pastor Daniel Goulding. Make sure you check it out. We'll see you soon. 